Welcome to Labors for the Lord, the podcast dedicated to the Word of God. We hope that this blesses you and inspires you to seek the promises and the love that the Lord has for you. Now, here's your host, Craig Majors. For by Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. Alright guys, welcome to Labors for the Lord. Hope everyone is having a very blessed day today. So today we're going to be addressing this this idea this belief that some people have that Jesus was uh, was created that he was the first creation of, of God and so we're just going to be addressing that and, and proving that that is is false um, that is not an accurate statement we're going to be looking at scripture to show that we're going to be looking at the King James Bible to show uh, that that this is inaccurate information. So we're going to be looking at Colossians chapter 1 and uh, we're going to look at verses just 14 through, through 20. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, Visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace, through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. So, this this portion of scripture here is it's it focuses on the supremacy of of Jesus, and this idea here uh, in verse fifteen, who is the image of the invisible God. Um, the idea of image here is, is, is similar to the words that John used in the opening of in the opening of his gospel, uh, which is in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So Jesus, who is God the Son, is equal in nature with God the Father. In John chapter ten verse thirty, Jesus says, "I am my Father." Are one. So Jesus is is God in human form. He's the the visible image of the invisible God. The unseen God becomes seen in the form of of Jesus. And um, this phrase here, uh, the, the the firstborn of of every creature. Uh, I understand that this is this has caused a considerable amount of controversy, and and some um, like Jehovah's Witnesses have attempted to interpret this to mean that Jesus was God the Father's first creation, and then afterwards, 
everything was created uh, by him or, or, or through or through Jesus. And taken this way, Jesus would be a created being and he would not be equal to the Father. He would not be eternal. But in this context, the term firstborn refers to supremacy. The Greek here, um, the, the, the New Testament was originally written in Koine Greek. And the Greek word here for firstborn is prototokos, meaning preeminent, uh, you know, surpassing all others. So Jesus is, he is the greatest over all creation. He, he is not a created being. He is the creator. So when Christians try to argue for Christ not being created, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, for example, they're very quick to run to this portion of, of scripture. And the modern English translation and their New World translation agree on the translation of, of this text, but Christians and, and Jehovah's Witnesses differ with their interpretation. <clears throat> They understand the word firstborn to mean first created. But, you know, firstborn does not have to be taken in a literal physical sense. You know, it's like I said before, firstborn per total cost, meaning first in rank, preeminence. Um, for example, God calls David the firstborn, even though he was the youngest son of Jesse. The psalmist writes in Psalms um, 89, 27, and I will make him the firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. David was the last born in his family, yet he is called the firstborn. <clears throat> and I understand that that Jehovah's Witnesses and, and you know they must assume Jesus was created to make their interpretation work, but scripture is very very clear that Jesus is the eternal, uncreated one. If we go back to the Gospel of John, you know, 1-1, one, one, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And if you drop down to verse 14, it says, and the Word was made flesh. The Word was made flesh in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So in, you know, here in verse 3 in John, when, when he writes, all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. Think about that. There's two categories. Things made, things not made. If it was made, then Jesus made it. He can't be one of the made things because he made all things. You know, that would mean that Jesus made himself, which is just not logical. And when you look at, you know, Colossians and you look at verses 16 through 19, this is not the description of a finite created being. In the very next chapter, chapter 2 and verse 9, Paul writes, uh, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So, 
Jehovah's Witnesses or, or others who say that Jesus was created, they are forced to make Colossians 1.15 say what they need it to say. But when you look at it with an honest evaluation, this text shows that Jesus is Creator God. And so in, in defending their translation of John chapter 1 verse 1, Jehovah's Witnesses say, quote, which translation of John chapter 1, verse 1 and 2 agrees with the context? John 1.18 says, no one has ever seen God. Verse 14 clearly says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have beheld his glory. Also, verses 1 and 2 say that in the beginning he was with God. Can one be with someone and at the same time be that person. And so what they what, what what they're doing is that they take a little bit of John 118 and then they quote a little bit of John 114 and the whole time completely ignoring verse 3 which which shows and tells us that Jesus made all things hands down no exceptions. And how can Jesus be with God and be God? That's easy. It's through the concept of, of the Trinity. But we can't ignore uh, the context of, of this chapter. So uh, looking at John 1.18, it's referring to God the Father as the one no one has, has ever seen. And it says, No man has, has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. And only begotten son, here in the Greek, the word is monogamous theos, which means uh, unique, one-of-a-kind God. So you can interpret this scripture this way. No one has seen God the Father at any time. The only begotten God, Jesus, he has revealed the Father. So we understand and we see that Jesus reveals God and exists as God at the same time. There is, there is no contradiction between uh, John 1.1 and John 1.18. And, and they are very, very consistent with each other. I'll just show one, one more thing. One more thing. Isaiah chapter 44 and I believe it's verse 6. Yeah, Isaiah 44.6. Thus saith the Lord, and Lord here being God the Father, uh, Lord is in all caps, so we know that's, that's Yahweh, that's God the Father here. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. With that in mind, if we go to Revelation... Revelation chapter 1 and verses, let's see, 7 and 8 says, Behold, he cometh with the clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall well because of him. Even so, amen. Verse 8, Jesus here, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is 
and which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. Huh, so, Isaiah 44, 6, Yahweh says, I am the first, I am the last, and beside me there is no God. In Revelations 1, 8, Jesus says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. And if you flip over, same chapter, chapter 1 in Revelation uh, 17 and 18. And when I saw him, and this is John, uh, the author of Revelation, referring to, to, to seeing Jesus. He says, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. Jesus says, I am the first and the last. Yahweh in, in Isaiah 44, 6, I am the first and I am the last. One more place. Revelation 22, the last chapter. The last chapter. And uh, verse 12. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. Verse 13. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He throws all three in there. So it's very, very clear. And of course, there's other, there's, there's other places that we can look in, in the Bible. But Jesus is not created. He is eternal. He is eternal. And, you know, our, our conclusion to this is, you know, the reality that, you know, John chapter 1 just take John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. It, it clearly reveals the deity of Jesus Christ, the Word being God the Creator. But even the significance of this, though, the significance of this is a matter of salvation. Because without the true Jesus, can someone really be saved? And the answer is, no, you can't. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me.